So why are you attempting to be the federal government and and monitoring my viewing (laughs) habits now, Michael? Well, well, when you use our podcast YouTube channel to watch Mm -hmm. whatever it is you watch, and I see stuff on the feeds whenever I check it for numbers, because it's it's well known, I check download numbers, view counts every And you just want to, you know, creep on me because (laughs) you don't have the self-restraint to be like, you know... Shane has to upload an awful lot of material here that takes longer than the 10-second clips that I do. So he's basically chained to a computer while we wait for files to upload here, and and maybe he might occasionally be inclined to entertain himself while this is happening. So let me just creep on this and and see what's actually manifesting into the ether. You you can't just do me a solid and not judge me like Courtney looking at our Instagram feed and being like, oh, he likes thick girls. Like, why can't y'all just understand that I had this all to myself for a long time and you interlopers elected to just come in and start inconveniently auditing my habits Without my permission. For Shane. Yeah, I mean, this is really just, it's unfortunate. And as a white man, I just cannot be encumbered <laughs> to change my behavior <laughs> to please anyone. Obviously, this is documented. So I'm going to watch girls being strapped to, you know, like random tether amusement park rides and see whether their breasts fall out (laughs) as they're being whipped up into the atmosphere. I can't help that. When they recommend that, I'm going to watch that because, you know, it's like two dogs humping on the side of the road. I can't not look at that. I I mean, you're not the only person. When I saw those pop up on the feeds, I watched them as well. (laughs) I'm fairly certain that's what happened because I think you watched a couple and then it was recommended so then i started watching them because i was like this is fascinating people just (laughs) film this as like a voyeuristic thing so in the midst of all of that yes there was some discussion about the japanese have finally had a breakthrough with realistic robots and the whole time i'm sitting here going like really it's not a realistic robot it's if someone has fetishized one of the Gelflings from the Dark Crystal and really wants to have sex with Kira. That's basically what that robot's going to look like. But the the videos are also not very good at cloying what their actual intention of saying is like, and their inside parts work a lot more sophisticated than, you know, they had previously. And I'm like, you can just say you have a well-lubricated fake vagina in the new robot and it's really impressed you because there's somehow some servo motor that helps it to clamp down on what limited amount of genital that you're offering to the machine. Like, I I just... Anyway, so thank you for, for bringing up the fact that I'm fascinated by things that are not really comfortable to discuss in polite society, like on a public medium where we're basically broadcasting our thoughts on the internet to anyone who might listen. Well, it was only a couple, and I was going to ask off air, but you're like, no, let's record. I do have to say I appreciate your enjoyment of cats, specifically Cat Island, because Mm -hmm. that popped up a lot, and I would watch some of those, too, because cat videos are pretty fucking adorable absolutely so i there was no no judgment no anything it was just interesting when i check it and that's the first thing i see it's not like i can avert my eyes to the feed to the wall that's on there and well, just, just look be at glad that you know it's not john who's who's running that feed because heaven help you all you'd see are like 
clips about brand new uh, guitar effects pedals, uh, microphone performance within a particular DAW, and then uh, gagging noises of women who are trying to shove their feet into their own mouth. That does remind me, I haven't seen a lot of ASMR on the feed <laughs> as of late, so... Um... I thought that was a little interesting. I was going to ask you about that. But yeah, no, I'm glad John doesn't access the, the, the feed because that seems pretty pretty dry. Now, the, some of the ASMR stuff does get really tawdry. Uh, you got people who are just avidly licking their Ugh. microphones shaped like human ears and, and trying to... Uh, yeah, I, I... Oh, no. I, still trying to figure out how I feel about that. That's why I'm doing so much research. <laughs> It's important to qualify. It's going to be a new episode talking about and, the ASMR world. And speaking of bodily reactions to uncontrollable mouth noises, Heil. Uh, <laughs> behold? I, I guess, you know, by the eternal. Ah, behold. behold. And Heil comes slingers and welcome to another genital stirring installment of this. <laughs> The Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And I'm John. <laughs> no, that is not how he sounds. Let's be fair. I'm John, and I really think that you're going to love this show, because dick balls shit and pussy. Yeah. You uh-huh. hit you hit the check mark. I have a little list of things I wanted to say, and you just got them all in one fell, one fell swoop. For those of you who aren't watching on a visual medium, I had to stick both of my fingers, you know, into my nostril to drag it forward to try to approximate <laughs> the projection of that proboscis. It was a difficult time. Ooh. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So we missed you last week, Courtney, immensely. And yeah, I uh, can y'all... tell right off the top it was immediately, uh, we can say anything we want now. I mean, I think he said that within the first minute of us, like, recording, so, yeah. I'm here, I brought my assets, what more do you want from me? <laughs> I still try to figure out what the implication was of that, but it's like, <laughs> it's just, you, can, you can say she has boobs, it's a thing, but... It's a burden that I am cursed to bear. Uh, I absolutely relate and understand. Because, yeah, it's really fun having conversations with people politely trying to course correct them of like, my eyes are here. <laughs> no, I've, I, I'm going to be uh, very, which I, I'm going to be open and honest with all of you. And Oh, God. It's, it is very tough being a man avec breasts. Talking to someone who who's just like staring down because like yes I know my nipples are out man I know it's a real like sideshow carny attraction on my chest happening right now because like I'm a bearded lady or I'm a titted man I don't know what the reaction is but yeah I have several coworkers who I adore they're very lovely people but uh, one of them's uh, gay as the day is long. And just cannot help but stare at my breasts. And I, I'm not quite, it's difficult to be vulnerable like this, Michael. Don't yeah. scoff at me. No, no, uh, no. It's, I'm, uh, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but yeah, you know, it, it really does start to, to screw with your head after all. It's like, I'm not used to being objectified this way. I'm, I'm used to being on the other end of the spectrum. I don't, I don't know how it feels to be the object of the meat market display. Uh, so I'm still coming to terms with that. So Courtney, I, I can empathize. Thank you so much. 
Yeah. Solidarity. There's my mansplaining of what it feels <laughs> like to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, ladies everywhere, if you have, <laughs> you know, breasts that are constantly exposed by malfitting clothing or your own will and comfort with your body, you know, I feel you and I, I'll feel you. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to will myself into caring about anything right now uh-huh. and this is No, it's good. I'm dialing up to try to be funny. This is as close as I'm going to get tonight. So <laughs> Let, otherwise I'm going to be Ben Stein just <laughs> plugging my way through this show. Bueller Bueller Michael Oh no. Michael. <laughs> that almost sounds think- like warning like Michael <laughs> At some point, you should definitely pick a character, though, and stick through the whole episode and just go for it. I think that'd be great. Well, I can't keep my fingers on my nose for that long. Otherwise, I'd try tonight, but uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Just do a Stephen King. You did a great impression of him last week. See, I still think it was awful. Uh, I, You know, it was close, but it not. <laughs> my head's not nearly that size, unfortunately. You can Fair. interpret that however you will, but... <laughs> I had to give up on on uh, my Stephen King voyage. I am now eighty five percent through the entirety of The Walking Dead, uh, the comics. So I have burnt through that within like a four day period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your Goodreads was like Shane finished seventeen things. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> yep, it's uh, that was how I was sublimating my frustration with life in general and anxiety is watching the collapse of society <laughs> and how people will comport themselves when we can openly stab things without repercussions. That's I understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I play a lot of apocalyptic city builders, so there's a certain fascination with it. No yeah. doubt. But uh, I see that both of you are also uh, narrowly avoiding the the dumpster fires that is you know our collective reality right now. So, congrats, condolences, any way you want to take it. It is it is nice being busy with research, um, and you know, not having the time to care about things outside of that. So mm. it is. It is. But nice. are you busy with research, Michael? Yes, actually, uh, I've spent every waking moment uh, aside from right now. Doing research because so, I have a presentation that I got to do on Monday. So that's ooh, fun. well, you're a few days behind. Uh, I'm still going to wind up paying for an airplane ticket, apparently, because <laughs> as of right now, now uh, this is as of recording date when this is released, it will have been a, a few days beyond. But Doctor Michael <gasps> was uh, presenting his his dissertation, oh, and he uh, defended. Wow, oh, he defended today. So it, we might be on the side of officially him being Doctor Michael as of right now. So uh, I, it's silly to retroactively wish good luck. I I wished him good luck this morning. So. Uh, it looks like all of your dedicated efforts to catch up are still not going to reach the goal, and I'm going to wind up being out of plane ticket. What can I say? <laughs> there is a reason why I am called the Disappointment, so the Disappointment Podcast. Or the Broken <laughs> Ring Piece. Yeah, I'm well, the we, we are going to... We are going to have to get there at some point, because I think all three of us on this call have lamented the fact that our research these days has become a a painful process. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of episodes started, but not a lot of finished. Mm-hmm. So. 
So we can just restructure and reformat the show. We're four seasons in. We gave yeah, it. A, just, we gave it a good run. Just freeform it every day. Just talk about poop and <laughs> dirty things. Just no yeah. new new podcast is called "They Should See a Therapist," and it's just us <laughs> we, talking to each other. We and go at the end. <laughs> the people who listen are like, "God damn, they should see a therapist." We we do something through so, uh, an online telehealth, like like BetterHelp or something. We like <laughs> sign up for their service and just have one person, but then we somehow set it up to where the other three people are listening into the therapy session. <laughs> they so what you're saying? Commentary. You're suggesting we chatterbait our way through online therapists. <laughs> just keep pinging through once we exhaust a free trial with one place, just move to another. Hope that it gets popular enough that we can start a Patreon and then actually pay for therapy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to kill all of my friends this week. Like, was this a problem? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I wasn't talking to you before. Well, this is a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> Lost my legs in any event. I think that's a decent enough bit of pre roll, but Courtney, you're alive. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was a question, Michael. If you say not, so. not declarative. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear the up tilt, the up lilt, or whatever. The you know live. So I got confused there. I'm not Scooby Doo for God's sakes. Well, well, I mean, Courtney just did it there when she was like, "What?" When you ask a question, you up lilt. If you're annoying, maybe. Well, I mean, not that. I'm exaggerating, obviously. Yeah, you're, when but. are you not? Yeah, I am, I'm an exaggeration. I'm an exaggerated disappointment. Yeah, I've I've leveled up. <laughs> Some people get a doctor, you know, like get doctor as a title that they, you know, when they level up all that stuff. I just get Good exaggerated. People. Yeah, people that actually are worth something. Yeah, <laughs> we have no intrinsic worth other than at a meat market, my friends. So just bear that in mind. Well, yeah, I mean, going with the nihilist in us, yes, that is true. Optimistic nihilism, that is our official stance here on the Disinformed Podcast. Amen. And, and speaking of which, for those of you who are uninitiated, what we typically do on this show is we like to, or at least we have heretofore, things may be changing, but uh, <laughs> we like to delve into random esoterica, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we lie occasionally. That is the shtick. It is then incumbent on the co-hosts to try to ferret out the fact from the fiction and call the lies and seat you as we see them. We don't necessarily always nail the dismount on that, unfortunately. But, however, we do have a denouement at the end of the episode. We tell you what we lied about and why, and possibly why we will never do it again. So for this week, <laughs> Monsieur Miguel has got uh, a very interesting position to uh, finagle us into, from my understanding. That I do. And so nice. I'm going to start off by saying, nice. Um, I didn't get 100% into the spirit because I only have four lies. So you've I got a, a different percentage. I'm not going to give away the topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got too excited. <laughs> Um, I usually am a little premature when involved with this subject, so it's... Uh, I mean, it's fair, because most of the time we just like to talk about it instead of actually doing it, um, and I like to do a little foreplay leading into it, um, so I understand no. your hesitation. Stop. No. <laughs> oh, man. Big bucks, big bucks, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Oh, double whammy. <laughs> 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 
See, if I was, was really graphically inclined, or graphically, if I can edit or the damn, I would have put, like, the little fucking uh, whammy guy, like, running up as a short, And but I'm not that creative. I'll just take my clothes off, paint myself red, and I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would surely get us attention on YouTube, maybe even TikTok. I don't know how TikTok works, as evidenced by some prior updates but don't anyway. call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> i think i have finally found my wheelhouse my specialty if you will while it's internet- not good when he starts thinking it's not good <sighs> it's my specialty my specialty my specialty my special happy place oh anyway um while internet culture and the shenanigans that come from people yelling at each other over various optic cables that connect each other will never get old. I find that the occasional dip into the more obscene aspects of the human condition are also incredibly fascinating. We're back to the aspects again. Why? <laughs> I typed that and I was like, he's going to do it. He's going to say it. Like um, Lex Luger over here just flexing. <laughs> So, uh, specifically our obsession with sex and how to do it, from shoving eels or ginger up in our asses to get off, uh, to males using whatever is and within hand's reach to get it up when it refuses to. Personally, I prefer Marianne to be shoved up as opposed to ginger, just a little smaller, more compact. The professor, I don't want anywhere near my rectum. Especially with that out. candlestick in the study. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my, my anatomy is more of an isthmus than an island, but Gilligan can still be there all he wants. Ooh, better than peninsula, if you will. (laughs) Peninsular. Ooh. Um, (laughs) today is no different. Today, I want to look into something I should have covered 92 episodes ago. And yes, I did the math. Um, instead of that pop fad of finding monoliths everywhere, I honestly, that's one of my greatest regrets is that it was the perfect setup for a perfect episode. And then I just talked about monoliths. So I well, want something to, else that was erect. So, I mean, I guess that's true. Insert phallic, you know, Freud turning in his grave, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I've um, got obelisk envy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look into the history of 69. I'm going to tell you when it started, what it means, and where it sprung up in pop culture. How about you tell us where it finishes first? Um, Face, neck, and chest, to quote a a, uh, co-host that is not here at the moment. Technically, we're quoting Kevin Smith there, so I'm just going to leave that where it lay. Uh, That's better. Um... So, for those sweet summer children who don't know what 69 means, I'm about to tell you. Uh, Dick- trigger warning, by the way. <laughs> um, Yeah, I guess that's fair. There is kind of a trigger warning for, like, it's not super obscene. We're not we're not going into, uh, like, feeging or anything crazy no, like that. No, I was more, again, but... I just admitted I had control issues earlier, so I was mentioning. Oh, that's fair. Cover that's your fair. eyes. <laughs> Don't cover your ears, though. We need those. Um, (laughs) So, dictionary.com, because I actually got a lot of good information from that website. um, Is that the first lie? No. It actually was true. Instead of just giving a definition, it actually talked about the origin of of this phrase for a bit. So, it was actually pretty informative. 
Mm. Um, Dictionary.com defines 69 as, if sex was a number, it'd be 69. 69 is slang for when two partners arrange their bodies to perform oral sex on one another at the same time in a way uh, said to look like the number 69. Man, I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) I hope you haven't been doing 68. No, I just, you know, keep, you know, (laughs) thrusting my head into my partner's buttocks constantly and ask them to do likewise. So 96? (laughs) I mean, I guess. That's when we both curl up in the fetal position with our backs to each other. That's our And then you cry and you're uh, like, you have your own existential crisis. Yeah. I can get behind that. Okay, that's more a 39, but we'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Let's see. Why did I write? Okay. I don't know. That definition. Okay. Man, I feel like the desert after reading that definition. No moisture at all. But wait, (laughs) there's more. Dictionary.com goes a bit further and gives a bit of the history behind the origin of 69. Pun intended. Yes. Uh, I also wrote little uh, notes to myself. Yeah, they do. When I said goes further and then behind and I giggled. Like most modern aspects of our lives, 69 goes back to the French Revolution. The term is found in a 19... Uh, I'm sorry. Dyslexia has struck in again. <laughs> Stricken. Struck Strucken. struck me. Smite me. Um, Strucken is a German last name, Strucken not a French Berg. one. So just be mindful. The term is found in a 1790 French work attributed to the revolutionary figure, and I'm not apologizing for my terrible French... Theron de Mercure in a book titled in English as The Whore's Catechisms. Catechisms? They're... Yeah. Is that how you say the word? It's certainly not. Cat- catechism? Catechism. I don't know why I said catechism. Catechism. I even practiced that. I'm a disappointment. Catechism. Damn near killed the kism. <laughs> <laughs> the Whore's Catechisms. I like that we went soft mine. on the whore. Hard on the catechism. Catechism. What are you, a priest? You got to go soft on the whore. Hard on the catechisms. Um, In the book. This is my body. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not intoxicated enough for this, guys. Uh, Go grab another uh, poor uh, seltzer water out of the fridge and let's let's get this tore up. I I put the seltzer water in a shed for a couple years. I hope that it fermented. Um... (laughs) In the in the in the book, uh, the word sonan nu, again French or sixty nine, um, is used. Dictionary.com doesn't go into much more de- detail than that, unfortunately. The website does mention the Kama Sutra, which I will touch upon that later. Oh, the, good. Yes, yes, I am. Please, please don't touch upon it. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm touching upon it. I'm waggling my fingers in front oh, of the no. camera, but I'm touching Salad on fingers. It. Here we go. Mm. Uh, you are sure this is not UrbanDictionary.com? <laughs> no, Dictionary.com said okay. that the term, and it, that wasn't the only source that verified that it came from a book written by okay. a French attributed. It didn't necessarily specify that it was uh, like that he, that it was known. It's just been attributed to this French revolutionary okay. figure. The Maison uh, well, de The Trois. problem is yes. that Michael types in D-I-C-K-Genary.com, and that's where this is coming from. <laughs> oh, shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's been plaguing bird watchers everywhere. <laughs> it's um, a speckled tit mouth bird feeder. Oh, no. Not the speckled tit. A blue-footed booby. 
Those are my favorite. They're just so <laughs> the feet are so fucking brightly blue. It boggles my mind every time I see it. Stop looking at me. I can't. <laughs> Uh, the use of 69 quickly spread to the English since they kind of had a whole war going on with the French for the next few decades. Uh, captured French soldiers. So- captured French soldiers. Sodders. Sodders. Uh-huh. Soldiers. For the fancy among us would use the term around the English. And so it swept through the ranks immediately. Uh, though much debate remains as to how fast. Its first English use was by a ship captain, Admiral William Johnson of the HMS Laverge, who... <laughs> Dick Johnson? Really, Michael? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, okay. No, You're right. Come on. You're right. No, I did that. that was bullshit. I, I wanted to. I almost called him Rear Admiral William Johnson just because, but I was like, no, that would be even easier. I can't do that. Good old um, Bill. Also, Laverge is French for penis, so I wanted to take it just a step further. Thank you for um, that. He thrusts so, his fists against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts. Exactly. Um, so I, I'll, I'll just continue the lie because I, oh, I, please. I, I sat and thought about it for a, a while. I was proud of it. Um, Big I dick even hurts. looked up. I even looked up some like na- a naval battle of the Napoleonic Wars just for this. So. Um, its first English use was by a ship captain, Admiral William Johnson of the HMS Laverge, who described the naval battle of Trafalgar thusly. Lord Nelson's tactic of sailing alongside the French, French fleet for maximum carnage brings to mind the rather crude term the rank and file have picked up from the captured French soldiers. Soy na nu, that's probably how it's said, or 69, since the boats were almost close enough to touch with our bows gazing upon the french sterns so yes that was all bullshit and our Um, cannon kept getting into their port dad damn it it keeps getting stuck um honestly it's it actually spread to the english language like a lot later around the 1880s um and then i also mentioned that i wanted him to be a rear admiral rear admiral because that is actually a a real term. It's a real title. It is, yes. yes they swab yeah. the poop deck. That they do. Um, from there, the use of 69 spread to the four corners of the English-speaking world, including America. You use spread an awful lot for this. I'm starting to get uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I can't say it gets better. Uh, there isn't a comprehensive list on when and where 69 is used in literature until its mainstream use in the 1980s, uh, where two songs immediately come to mind. Uh, granted, there are probably p- plenty more songs that reference 69, and you guys could probably even come up with a few of them. Um, but these two songs, She Blew My Mind 69 Times by Rick James in 1982, and Summer of 69 by Brian Adams in 1984, are the ones I immediately found in my research. I, the oh, summer you, of 69 is a sexual reference to you. Yes, actually, okay. b- both of these are explicitly... That is what the song is about. Yes, it, they are explicitly I, related to the sex position. I just don't um, talk to, to Brian Adams at all, apparently. He actually stated in an interview, because I wanted to prove that, because I wasn't sure myself, because I don't know a lot of the lyrics to that song. Mm-hmm. Um, he stated in an interview, uh, quote, I think summer of 69 is timeless because it's about making love in the summertime. 69 has nothing to do about a year. It has to do with a sexual position. At the end of the song, the lyric says, It's me and my baby in a 69. You'd have to be pretty thick in the ears if you couldn't get that lyric. 
So well, uh, firstly, yeah, we've Shane. proven I don't have never listened to that song in my life. Uh, the only Brian Adams song I can readily reference is the, uh, and John will be with me on this as he listens. The theme to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which is everything I do, I do it for you. Huh? I did not know that he wrote music for that. I love that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but I absolutely love that movie. And technically, All for One, All for Love, the theme from The Three Musketeers, also featured Brian Adams with Rod Stewart and Sting. Wow. And, uh, so, I mean, that was just a triumvirate of joy that I could scarce recover from. So both of those <laughs> songs are uh, things I listened to in my childhood. Huh. I agree. I was about to say the exact same thing. Strange how John sounds like a pug these days. But I agree with you, John. Well done. Mm, he makes Sorry. a lot of good points. Um, so before I continue our oral history of 69 and introduce yeah. the second half of the pair, the response of nice, um, I want to delve into the history of the position. How old is it? Well, as we learned from dictionary.com, spelled with a T, not a K, I did double check, uh, it is very, very ancient. I don't like jokes sitting there. I, I have to kill them. It's like in my nature to just beat a dead horse with another dead horse. Can't just let it writhe there. I have to put no. it out of its misery. Put it out. I always have a pillow next to me just in case. Got to smother it. Um, the it's position- an addiction for you, if you will. Yeah, I would say. And nothing involving a Jane either. Um, the position in the Kama Sutra was given the name Congress of a Sloth. According to Dictionary.com's description of Karma Sutra, the yes, yeah, it was actually my favorite Depeche Mode (laughs) song of all time. Congress of a sloth. Congress of a sloth. It was very weird. It does kind of explain it, so I'll I'll explain it in a little bit. But Dictionary.com actually has kind of uh, an explanation of it, and then I Mm. actually found the at the actual actual section because i'm just saying actual bunch i Actually. found the pos- or the position i found the description of the position straight from the kama sutra straight Translated. out of compton yes exactly so according to dictionary.com's description of the kama sutra the position involves different or same sex partners going down on each other genitals or anus at the same time usually achieved by lying on their side or one on top that is unless the people involved take to the standing 69 or Eiffel 69, known variants of the move. No. No. Oh, we'll get into Eiffel 69. <laughs> oh, God. I looked that up, and there's a whole there's a whole section on it. It's it's great. It's it's mwah, chef's kiss. Well, if we keep delaying it like this, I'm gonna be blue. Oh, dabu di dabu die. <laughs> um, I found the actual section from the Kama Sutra, position 23. And yes, I was disappointed that it was listed as position 23. Some women of the harem, when they are am- am- amorous, am- amorous, amorous, yeah, well, yeah, gro- yeah. Grooming wasn't that big back then. You, you <laughs> had to make do with what you had. Now, granted, lice was a problem in certain places, but usually that's European. So don't judge them too harshly. True. So when they are feeling amorous, mm. uh, do the acts of the mouth on the yonis of one another. Yoni? Some- yes. We'll get to that. You and do, and you'll clean it up. You typically of all would. The words of all the words you could have chosen. Oh yoni. my yoni! Ah, oh my yoni! We'll we'll get into that because I actually looked up that word 
Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm um, happy for you. Mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of deep diving because, as I mentioned <laughs> before pre-recording, yes, yes, I'm full of these. Again, see? Exactly. Case in point. If you'd done um, the 69, you wouldn't be. That's what we're advising. Uh, well, um, if John was here, he would ask me if I was high, because apparently I get horny when I'm high. We'll see that. <laughs> That's what he said, like, ten different times, ten different he episodes. Has. I just, I'm glad I that don't... you've taken a point to, you know, re-explore <laughs> that with us. I gotta dig in deep about it. So, <sighs> so... They do the acts of the mouth on the yonis of one another, and some men do the same thing with women. The way of doing this, i.e. of kissing the yoni, should be known from kissing the mouth. When a man and woman lie down in an inverted order, i.e. with the head of one towards the feet of the other, and carry on this congress, it is called the congress of the sloth. The sloth (laughs) is known for its laziness, and so this position is named to reflect the laziness of the sloth, since no effort is truly needed. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I actually looked up what yoni means. Uh, It means many different things in Sanskrit, but in our case, it connotes the female sexual organs like vagina, vulva, uterus, etc. It was not specific. It just said all of them. Um, Again, Yoni baloney. Again, (laughs) it was probably a male that came up with the term and probably just thought they were all the same. Didn't know the difference. Um, it also has other meanings, which I thought were more interesting, like source, origin, womb, and then fountain. Um, while looking this word up... F- fountain? Yes, fountain. Fountain. Yes. yes. They All, were fetishistic back then. Source, origin, they actually... I, I didn't really write this part down, but um, part of the idea with Yoni, there's a kind of like yin and yang sort of... Feminine and masculine. The yin, the yang, and the yoni. Yes, yes. we have yeah. found the title of the episode. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, great. But instead of it being, you know, Confucianism, Taoism, that sort of thing, it's Indian. It's different cultures. Uh-huh. But it's um, it, there's a feminine and a masculine aspect to the world, and that is represented by the yoni. Um, but and so, I, where I'm having a hitch is, is that the, the female is the fountain. Yes. Which typically involves a phallic structure, you know, unless we are incorporating the modern iteration of, as I said, some fetishistic material, i.e. that golden shower you're not so fond of. Oh, I mean, there there are times when some from, you know, when the fountain can go sploosh, so... I know, I nearly died from it. We've discussed this. <laughs> yes, we, yes. So, I, I <laughs> it just... Is known. I'm, it's very progressive thinking of them. That's all I'm saying. They... So, um, I didn't find a lot of other history of just ancient sexual positions, except for how India. unfortunate. Um, and a lot of that has to do with how essentially progressive they were with sex in these in the cultures that were in India at the time. Um, and I just thought it was very interesting. The only other record that I found that didn't nece- necessarily involve or directly involve India was there was like an oil lamp from the time of Roman the Roman Empire that featured a woman lying on top of a man. Um, but I'll cover that in a second. I did want to talk uh, I actually looked up the word and looked at some history behind the word yoni. Um, I came across this fascinating little tidbit. The term horny is actually a Hellenized bastardization of yoni that is influenced by the ancient Greeks, um, having been carried over to the Western world during Alexander the Great's conquest up to India. Oh, I thought Um, it was Hannibal. 
No, 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 no Hannibal. No, but there were elephants, but but no Hannibal. All right. Um, after Alexander the Great's armies refused to conquer further or cross into India, uh, Alexander the Great sought peace with the Mor- Morian. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, if you are a historian and I and I'm not, just say in the comments how much of an idiot I am. If you're not a historian, say in the comments how much of an idiot I am. Idiot. Um, Exactly. Uh, so Alexander the Great sought peace with the uh, Mauryan Empire of northern India, and to maintain this peace, uh, Alexander gifted the emperor Changragupta with a massive harem of slave women from all over Alexander the Great's empire. Some historians estimate that number was well into the tens of thousands of women, because he conquered all the way from Greece... All the way up to India. So you're thinking most of the Middle East, he conquered Egypt. He conquered all the way up to like the central plains of Central Asia, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. conquered all the way to India. So whenever you conquer a new place, if you take some, you know, slave, slave women for a harem, you're going to have a lot considering that he conquered essentially most of the known world. Um, Michael, the patriarchy is just a made up concept. Oh, man, that's some incel talk going on right now. Um, so you know, I bet the the the, uh, the Gupta's first comment after they paraded about the first like sixty or seventy of the slave women passed to me prior to was actually you smell different. <laughs> Can identify where they came from based off their smell. Um, mm. So <laughs> mm, lavender. Sloth me, daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> Alexander was given the title Alexander the Yoni by the Mauryan Emperor for this Fuck gift. off. No fucking way. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so the whole story is, is Are bullshit. Are you even trying anymore, Michael? <laughs> I just... Okay, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a childish person. I mean, there's a reason why I'm writing this whole fucking episode. Uh. So I mm. sometimes I get a little carried uh, with myself. You know, William Johnson, of, uh-huh. you know, the HMS, like, dick in French. Um, so, <laughs> dick in French. Would you just uh, get married already? Like, we just can't <laughs> handle your virginity any longer on this podcast. But I don't like to change who I am for <laughs> other people's benefit. Well, give that, you know, find a small farm animal and give it some peanut butter, at least. Seek oh, shelter geez. anywhere you can find it. Love the one you're with. <laughs> um, so as I read the Kama Sutra definition, I got curious about that word yoni. And then while I was writing, I realized it kind of sounded similar to horny. And that's where I just made the connection. Wow. And I had to justify it. Yeah, like I said, it was kind of a stretch. I'm glad I have a lot of history, a lot of random history trivia, because that was the only reason why I was able to get Alexander the well, Great. We did so, talk about Raptor Veg previously, so if we're doing a Yoni stretch, that's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't... Alexander the Yoni. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's see. I did write a little bit more about the Congress of the Sloth, uh, stating that I don't think the author of that section of the Kama Sutra fully understood the position. And you kind of already said something like that too, Shane. Um, uh, to people that either haven't thought about it or haven't tried it out themselves, uh, the position seems pretty easy since it involves laying down. However, Wikipedia, because they have several articles on this, uh, addresses this fact by mentioning it can be awkward for partners who aren't similar in height, which is pretty true. Um, <laughs> amongst other things I mean there's any number of complications one can encounter with this yeah yeah um, 
Wikipedia gives several more examples of ancient references to 69, uh, but more the position rather than the number. In fact, Wikipedia quotes this uh, giga chat of an author, because I was trying to, you know, tickle John's fancy, um, quotes this author, a Gershon Legman, who wrote Origenitalism, Oral Techniques in Genital Excitation, in the most appropriate year one can publish this work, 1969. He wrote that in no. oil. Yes. Yeah. No. There was a dude named Gershon Legman who wrote Origenitalism uh-huh. uh, in 19, and he published, he had, he, there were several sections and one, like, there were just various types of lovemaking, um, pretty much like a modern day Kama Sutra. Um, but while his first article that he posted or that he published uh, was like in the 40s, I think, um, he uh, gathered everything together and published it as a full book in 1969. So, and yeah. was followed up by the Beach Boys hit, uh, Good Vibrations, wherein they talked about, <laughs> I'm getting them good vibrations, it's genital excitation. <laughs> yeah, Way down it's... in Kokomo, that's right. <laughs> I'm very upset. <laughs> it's I in mean, the we'll... little deuce coop, and if you knew any better, you'd be educated. Well, I mean, we can get there fast, and then we'll take it slow. Well, so, that's how you, you get know. pet sounds. Oh, oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> so, which is another complication to a sixty-nine, because if you're different species, also as problematic as a different height. Uh, yes, that is that is true. Pygmy goats um, are really difficult to get to sit still in that position. Oh, um, <laughs> or the screaming goats. Now the fainting yesteryear. goats; those are great. Well, they, no, you they don't get, have to do anything. They get very stiff, though, so they're hard to work with. So do I. That's why it's fun to... <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> like matches like. I don't want to like. be around anymore. <laughs> Join the club. Um, <laughs> he wrote that, so this Gershon Legman, uh, wrote that an oil lamp from the period of the Roman Caesars featured a woman lying down, like I said. Uh, he also wrote about a Hindi sculpture from a temple in India uh, showing, quote, this position with the man actually standing and holding the women hanging upside down in this from his shoulders. Takes a lot of core strength. Yes. Um, that's also why I haven't really mentioned Standing 69, probably because that might be a different uh, section in the Kama Sutra. Also, it's very dangerous depending upon who's the one being, you know, hung toward the ground. That's so fair. You, you, you pile drive somebody in that position. They're not walking away from it. I'll just tell you that right now. Jonah and- has not recovered from that head injury. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, this is a far more interesting visual than you intended. <laughs> I picture him like sitcom style with the fucking uh, bandage around his head, all confused and stuff. Maybe some retrograde amnesia for, you know, some laugh track, you know, hilarity. Um- uh, love, food, hate concussions. <laughs> It's an open face sandwich. <laughs> oh, no. Um, surprisingly, aside from the scant references in the above oil lamp, the only mention of this style of sex in the ancient, you know, antiquity is only seen in India, in part because of the focus on sexual intercourse through their culture. Uh, the Kama Sutra is an excellent case in point since there aren't other cultures that I could find. Uh, wow, I don't know. I, I had a stroke <laughs> there. Since there aren't other cultures that I could find. Uh, since there aren't other cultures that I can find that had transcribed sex as definitively and 
entirely as those from the Indian subcontinent. It's unfortunate you use transcribe, but I know precisely what you mean because it's like, you know, stereo instructions, basically. Insert <laughs> cable A into slot B, lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. turn the page. Um, that, so <laughs> now the hell's that we, he got to do with anything? Uh oh. Um, so now that we understand 69 and its subsequent sex position, where does the nice response join in the fray? Um, South Park is the furthest back <laughs> reference I could find to nice. In an episode that premiered in October of 2006, Kyle, one of the main characters, reports an inappropriate student teacher relationship to the local police station. Um, when the, when they ask for the name of the male teacher, Kyle says that it was a female teacher, specifically a kindergarten teacher. Um, when the cop, the cops then respond each with a nice, um, cementing the connection between sex and the word nice. Now you can't just throw officer Barbrady in here. I don't have an excellent impression. I'm sure. I actually look, uh, I don't think he was in that because I actually watched the scene it was, it wasn't, it was, enu- it was, um, the show had progressed enough to where it wasn't just Bar Brady. It was actually the police department. Okay. Um, I didn't see him anywhere in there. Terrible. Uh, so I presume that was the point in time when he was fired because he was like not a police officer for a couple seasons, mm. something like that. So, um, surprisingly, Twitter is where we start to see an association between Nice and 69. Twitter. Yes. Uh, on September 4th, 2007, a user by the name of Philip Bunkins uh, celebrated a milestone with a tweet, I now have 69 followers. Nice. Going to eat some dinner, mules. Mules, spelled M-O-U-L-E-S, for those unaware, is a Mexican dish for a sauce that is essentially spicy chocolate. Uh, do, you so, want to correct him? do you want to correct him on that one, Courtney? I... I just don't even. I mules, no, eh? I no. Eh? I just I. Eh? Okay. You don't Fair know what a mole just... is. I guess I must have said it wrong. A guaca. I'm hurting. I'm hurting deeply. Um. <laughs> sorry. Like dropping. What Jenna can I say? Again. I'm. I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm white as fuck. So. Um. Read during... my mules today. <laughs> Hey, horcata! Oh man, <laughs> that horcachata, uh, uh, and the, the jalapenos, jalapenos. Yeah, thank you. you. God damn it! And fajitas. I can't even. I can't, yeah, fajitas. The cholas. That's my favorite one. The chimichangas. A casadala. <laughs> make you holla. Um, oh no, <laughs> chola make you hola. Make it Ola. Can. Yeah. Depending oh on how much God. you put in it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, during the Great Recession of 2008, Twitter did not have the ease of access it does today. Retweeting was much more cumbersome since, by all accounts, the concept didn't exist. Uh, there wasn't a fancy retweet button as that had come out in a limited sense about a year later in 2009. Before that time, a retweet was you copying and pasting the original tweet in your own tweet which was difficult as you were constrained by 140 characters per tweet. Thus, Wasn't that a quote tweet? Um, essentially, that's what it was, but like people were calling it a retweet. So I don't even know if quote tweets were then were a thing back then either. Um, I don't really use Twitter, but I, <laughs> I, I have a source in the show notes that actually I delved into 
the history of the we- retweet just to make sure I wasn't fucking it up. We because tweet. the we tweet. We tweet. We tweet. We tweet. We tweet. Queen Queek. The Queen Queek. We tweet. <laughs> uh, it's only $200. It's a whole weekend and you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, the I, Queen I'm Queek sorry. I have to spend $300 on microphones. I can't spend that. Ooh, that's pretty <laughs> awkward. Well, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere. You either get the Queen Queek. We tweet. Or you get, you know, a pretty decent microphone and probably a shitty interface. Um, but what about a Dairy Queen Queek Queek Tweet? Oh, I mean, you can go to the Dairy Queen Queek Queek we Tweet. God, that's getting hard to do. Yeah, we're not cunning linguists, as evidenced oh, by this my show. My ears are bleeding. Join the club. Um, so, like I said, there wasn't a retweet button. And in order to retweet something... <laughs> I almost got it. Uh. To retweet was essentially, like you said, a quote tweet. Um, And then you had to mention that it was a retweet. Um, People just started shortening it from retweet to just RT, tagging the person, and then quoting their tweet. Um, So because of that, and because of the constraint on size of, you know, posts or tweets, your responses had to be short. Sizists. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first known tweet was uh, with a nice uh, was in early May of 2009. The tweet wrote, the sexual position formerly known as 69 is now 96. Due to the economy, the price of eating out has non gone up too. Has now gone up too. Sorry. They <laughs> spelled too wrong. Up. They spelled too wrong. And so I focused on that and I okay. read a word wrong. Um, Lamau is how they ended it. Um, the retweet, which had the copy-pasted tweet, like I said uh, uh, earlier, uh, only added Lamau nice RT. Uh, however, the Daily Dot article, which gave an in-depth look or a deep dive, winks at camera, uh, at the <laughs> at the history of sixty nine in the in media, uh, doesn't count that tweet as the first true nice response. Um, because it wasn't a response to 69, it was a response to a 69 joke. So in this really deep, in-depth article, they actually specified that it didn't count. Uh, the first real uh, retweet came from football Twitter. Uh, on October, yes, uh, and you'll kind of understand in a moment. Uh, on October 4th, 2009, um, at just Brittany 26 retweeted, Ha 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 ha, nice to at Yokel C's tweet, illegal use of hands on the tight end number 69. <laughs> and that's actually the first group, the first Twitter group that spread the 69 and the nice response around. Uh, later that year, we had tweets about an Arizona Cardinals football game where, er- or where people retweeted nice to a sports commentator's comment of sooner or later, Number 69 will be in your face. Uh, that was a, co- that was a commentator. And so it blew up on Twitter. Um, another round of retweets came in April 2010 in response to a golf commentator who said on air that golf legend Tiger Woods managed a 69 throughout all of this. And from there, it just spread to all corners of Twitter. Uh, one important cultural milestone in six, in the history of 69 came in the, in the history blah. of 69. Blah! I did That's not what say, I say blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, more <laughs> if I was saying that during 69, I was, but, you know, I'm neither here nor there. 
my voice cracked. Um, one important cultural milestone came in 2016 when then-President Barack Obama tweeted an infographic about the percentage of Americans that wanted the Senate to hold hearings and vote on Obama's Supreme Court pick. Uh, the infographic had 69 written in big numbers with an added hashtag right below it, do your job. <laughs> Obama's accompanying tweet, Senate leaders should listen to the American people, hashtag do your job. Uh, about 800 people, uh, about a third of all retweets, simply added, nice. Um, as an aside, uh, ex-president Trump also tried his hand at saying nice, but failed. Um, instead of responding nice to a 69, he commented nice as a response to him getting an obstruction of justice concerning collusion with the Russians. Um, no. Yeah, he, he, he was like, you know, they're trying to get me for obstruction of justice after, you know, these fake phony phone calls. Nice. And he got reamed on Twitter because people are like, you're doing the internet wrong. You're not supposed to say nice there. So... Um, now we finally come full circle. The meme of 69 in its final form. Or is it? Is 69 the end-all be-all of this joke? There is better. When is I brought there? up... Yes. I may <laughs> so, not believe this. Re uh, remember when you called bullshit on, you know, the Eiffel 69? Uh, I did oh, mention... No. When I brought up the dictionary.com earlier, um, I did mention several variations of 69, the standing 69 and the Eiffel 69. While the standing 69 is an obvious variant, I was insanely curious about the Eiffel 69. Yes, it is a combination of the Eiffel Tower, or of an Eiffel Tower, and 69. But what is Eiffel 69? I was well, like, do you have to be dangled from the ceiling onto someone who's standing? <laughs> I want to quote this Jezebel article in part because I could not do it any better justice compared to this masterpiece of an article. Oh, no. uh, I really out... hope that you're using like, you know, secret tabs here. <laughs> Incognito mode is a requirement for you. Oh, I like infusing the shit out of my Google uh, search history. Oh, it's, I'm it's sure. Beautiful. That's it's why beautiful. your research job is paying you so well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your poor FBI agent Dan is just like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? The over best here part today? is they'll see me like if he access my camera, he can just see me sitting there, just like plain faced, like just staring at while I'm nice. reading a description of Eiffel sixty nine. Um, so I have cut some pieces out of the article because it is quite long, um, mostly to cut down on time because it is involved and quite detailed. Mm. So let's begin. It opens with quote, "Why climb Everest?" Pioneering mountaineer George Mallory said, because it is there. The mountaineer's lesson, always strive to climb higher, higher, is lost on many sex havers. When it comes to boning, complacency sets in early. Innovation takes a backseat to comfort. Night after night, we satisfy ourselves with missionary style or some other position in which our bodies move as little as possible. These are the baked, boneless, skinless, chicken breasts of sexual positions. It doesn't have to be this way. There's a cure for the sexual doldrums, and it is called Eiffel 69. The Eiffel 69 is a combination of the classic 69 arrangement, but the newer, but no less essential Eiffel Tower spit roast setup. It is the jalapeno lobster jambalaya of sex positions. A soupy <laughs> tangle simply too hot for any but the adventurous palate. Gross and jambalaya? fishy. Hold jambalaya? Hold on. Hold on. Jambalaya. I... <sighs> 
Did I say it right? Am, am, am I good? Do I pass? Just just finish this. Just okay. go. Gross yeah. and... Oh, yes. The horcata. <laughs> the horcata. <laughs> Give me some of that horcata with the jalapeno. The jalapeno lobster jambalaya. Oh, my God. Gross Ooh. and fishy for some, admittedly. A rare invigorating... Invig- what the... I went Super Saiyan. A rare, invigorating delicacy for others. <laughs> to execute an Eiffel 69, you need... He broke Shane. You broke Shane. I'll let him collect himself, because I'm about to say how many people are needed for the Eiffel 69. No. <laughs> you need four people. Stamina is essential. A raised platform of sorts is necessary. Perhaps a pile of throw pillows, perhaps a low table or desk, or maybe a large stack of jizz-crusted vintage titty mags. It's up to you. One does not simply walk into porn <laughs> stores. <laughs> not with that attitude. Um, the first two participants must stand, facing each other with the platform in between them. With legs spread wide for balance, their hands are touching in a classic high five. <laughs> Donald ducking is allowed. What the Just fuck? so you know, Donald ducking is allowed, as long as the lower genitals are fully accessible. If a standing participant has a vagina... They wear a strap-on. If they have a penis, it is erect and ready to thrust into an orifice. Not after this. <laughs> Again, not with that attitude. That's, that's why only a few people climb Mount Everest and everyone stays in their homes. I don't even set up base camp. Well, that's what they're doing now. That's what the, the raised platform is of jizz-crusted vintage titty mags. Oh, <laughs> um, hell, they can even wear a strap on if they have a penis and pretend they have two dicks and, swi- and switch back and forth yelling, I have two dicks. Eiffel 69 is about creativity. The other two participants must arrange their bodies on the raised platform in a variation of the 69 position. The 69ers are also being penetrated by the two people standing up and high-fiving each other, either anally or vaginally, depending on gender and preference. For variety... The 69ers may pause their tongue-based ministrations on each other and fillet the real or artificial cocks of the standing people. Salad tossing is permitted, but may be impractical. Oh, my God. Depending on neck flexibility. Uh, the article <laughs> does not mention what salad tossing is, and I didn't look it up. <laughs> um, of all the things, Michael, of all the I know. Things. I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't look it up. How do That's- you not just know what that is? Because I'm a closeted. Oh, well, Michael, allow me, uh, and we can quote Chris Rock on this directly. Was having your salad tossed is having your asshole eaten out with either jelly or syrup. I prefer syrup. Okay, the more you know, and now I can see why that might be impractical because neck flexibility. Uh huh. Um. So while it does not mention salad tossing as evidence from before, it does list a few musical choices to play during the act. Quote, No. Quote, (laughs) you don't have to play Eiffel 65 songs in the background while you attempt this position, but it doesn't hurt. Chumbawamba. Oh, it'll hurt. The only reason why I included this section was because we talked about Chumbawamba recently in tub thumping, (laughs) and so Chumbawamba is an acceptable but inferior alternative. Uh, I would much prefer to listen to Chumbawamba's Drip, Drip, Drip Goes the Water uh, as opposed to Tub Thumping if I were going to be engaged in this sort of activity. That's fair. 
Because getting knocked down and getting up again kind of yeah, seems like, like you're just I having a bad time. I defy you to name another fucking Chumbawamba song. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. I'm just I'm just happy that I got Chumbawamba said correctly on the first try. Ah. Um, playing The Boys Are Back in Town on repeat is also totally fine. But if you play Kid Rocks all summer long, everyone has to stop having sex immediately and go to prison. What if we play Bad Company's <laughs> self-titled song, Bad Company? I can see that working. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Welcome um, to the jungle, maybe? Ooh, they do have fun and games. Um, <laughs> I was going to list a couple more evolved 69 positions, but <sighs> honestly, all others after that journey kind of pale by comparison. Journey? Um, <laughs> damn near killed her. Um, I, I know. I just You'll be living by a prayer after that position. I'll oof. tell you what. Yeah. Union has been on strike. Not on it. She's down on its luck. It's tough. I was no. I was back there with the wheel in the sky that keeps on turning. Journey like that's. I don't stop believing or bequeathing. Hold on. Don't stop bequeathing. Ooh. Um. (laughs) Um. We've killed Courtney like eighty-seven times over. So I better than sixty-nine times. I. (laughs) <laughs> 49 times um, I, I 525,600 times. times yeah tonight we're gonna party like it's 1969 um I did find an article on the more comfortable and less awkward 68 position <laughs> uh where the only oh, did you now uh, yes we're only it was on like a mirror like I think mirrors like a UK newspaper or something like that. No, unfortunately not. Um, Where the, uh, where only the top person gets off because they are lying face up instead of face down. Like in 69, it's supposed to be comfortable and it's supposed to be more about one person gratifying the other. So instead of them facing each other, they're kind of rotated where they're both facing upwards. I don't know how that's more comfortable, what? Uh, that is literally what it what it wrote. And if you don't believe me, listeners, you can look at the show notes because I I have it there for everyone to read and get disappointed at. I I just Are want you, you describing to... it bad, or does it not make sense? Yeah, I was no, like, it, so I don't. Tell me how this works. <laughs> I I don't understand Explain it. Explain it to me, Ricky. All right, all right. Hold hold on a second. Let me. I'm I'm literally just gonna pull it because this is honestly. <laughs> Please don't end. pull it. Hand check. <laughs> no. Oh. So, so one second, I will, I will show you it. I don't have one second. What the hell? Yeah, um, like I said, they are still in the you know inverted positions, but they're both facing upwards. I don't apparently think apparently that is easier <laughs> think, to do. I don't think they understand what's supposed to be happening, considering it, it looks like it's the woman's neck is gonna hurt. I, I also like yeah. it's the woman that's on the bottom. So if if this is a man being gratified, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna hurt. Yes, because the, it, the, it's going to hurt everybody. I mean, the geometry uh, does not work. It does not. The twig and the berries shouldn't superimpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Just got to dig deep. Qu- queening is the <laughs> empowering oh, sexual yeah, the empower- position. All, all women, women need. To Can try. we talk about queening? I'm intrigued. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Fine. I'm clicking it and I'm reading it. <laughs> Uh, I look forward to your malware here, Michael. All right. No, it's, oh, well, I guess it is the mirror. Okay. Uh, Grab your crown, ladies. Let's see. Um, Yes, ma'am. What are you wearing? (laughs) Tell us about your assets. Oh, that's so boring. Okay. You want to know what queening is? Tell me. It's it's face sitting. That's it. 
That's that's all it is. Oh it's just, man, it's supposed to put a, a, the woman in uh-huh, a position yeah. of empowerment no, and control, you, uh, like the queen. You can do. Yeah, that. we heard you say that's so boring, Michael. Okay. Well, yeah, compared to Eiffel sixty nine, <laughs> this is just a plain old vanilla face sit. I just want everybody to know that you can queen with this podcast if you're inclined. John told you before, just get yourself some subwoofers and just enjoy the melodies. This is my 13th reason. I'm done. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so to, uh, that, this is the best time to say we are sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, this is my um, 13th <laughs> step, so I guess we can just meet in the middle. <laughs> oh, no. Um. So that was that was my history of 69. Oh, you finished. Yes, <laughs> and it was about as exciting as you'd expect. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know what happened. Anticlimactic, as per as usual. I am always, yes, yep, yes. Yep. It was done before I knew it was started. <laughs> it's the lack of consent for me. Oof. Uh, typically. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I should have asked. I mean, I, I did say at the beginning, but I didn't explicitly ask, and for that, I apologize. <laughs> so... Okay, um, you guys got uh, all but one lie. Can I? I'm, or two. I have you one. Got two lies. I got a stab. Okay. Uh, the Cardinals broadcast about the uh, the person you know sixty nine getting up in your grill. Uh, no, that seems that uh, that was why true. the Cardinals. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. It was it was a Cardinals, and then I think Minnesota Vikings or something okay. like that. And uh, apparently either an old quarterback or a tight end from the Vikings had the 69 jersey. So there you go. Well, a quarterback would not be wearing uh, a 69 as a number. You're right. I'll tell you that from my knowledge of sports balls. So, yeah. So then it had to have been because it involved our quarterback at the time, Kurt Warner, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I guess the tight end from the Minnesota Vikings. So I think you're meaning like a defensive end. I keep saying tight end because that's what the tweet uh-huh, says. Uh-huh, you're so. fixated on the end being tight. Mm-hmm. Twite like a twiger. Watertight, in fact. Like mm. a duck's butthole. Whoa. Cloaca. Ooh. Damn near um. killed her. Uh, <laughs> Courtney, if you have anything to stab other than your eyes. <laughs> the defeated look on her face. Oh, goodness. I'm so sorry. Come no. on, you've survived a standing 69. You can make it through this. <laughs> you survived... Beging. It just it didn't take, you know. That's that's really the disappointing. Oh, part. I um, see. I mean, yeah, I don't blame you. Not the neck power you expected out of your husband. I see. Needs to work on that flexibility. No, I got nothing. Okay. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. <laughs> so you got the how the sixty nine spread to English speaking countries. Um, the whole thing about. Admiral William Johnson. Uh-huh. Um, yes, that is bullshit. Um, Congress of the sloth. Of a sloth, sorry. Sloth is the lie. It's still Congress of, but it was Congress of a crow. It did not explain why it was Congress of a crow, but it said Congress of a crow. Well, if you've ever watched... I think watched... that's what a group of crows is called a Congress, actually. No, it's a murder, as far as I'm aware. A murder of crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain. But if you've ever seen a crow eat a worm out of an apple, it's very similar. Huh. Or just pull them out of the ground, you know, that happens. Okay. I can I can see that now, little, actually. You know, yeah. they use their pecker to oh! you know get the get the stuff oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. 
And now I understand the pecker to get the pecker. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so pecker the pecker. <laughs> Sloth. I picked um, a pack of pickled peckers. <laughs> so you you guys like made fun of me for pronouncing mole wrong. Um because it wasn't mole. Uh it was mules, which isn't the Mexican dish mole. I was going off of the fact that you guys just presumed that I can't pronounce words correctly. Well, I that's been proven. Yeah, so I, I gamed the system a little bit. New meta. Take advantage of the fact that you guys don't know, or you that I can't pronounce words to save my life. No, we know so, that you can't pronounce words to save your life. That's exactly. been documented. So, mules, I think it's pronounced, are French for mussels. Uh I think the person who tweeted that was Belgian. I don't think they, uh, in the Daily Dot article that went into a lot of detail about the history of 69, um, they mentioned that he was Belgian, but I don't think they ever confirmed that this person was. But um, mules with fries or mules frites or something like that are considered a national dish of Belgium, which is mussels and French fries, essentially. Mm-hmm. So. Moulet. Moulet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moulet. That's... <laughs> Moulet avec coucher avec. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't say that on this podcast. I just did. Ooh. And you won't edit it out. I guarantee <laughs> no, I it. I was tempted to censor at least one of those words, but I'm like, eh. well, we'll see. We'll see if future me is that lazy. We'll see. Um, I mean, and, uh, yeah. You make uh, less cuts than, you know, a, a, a cross eyed uh, rabbi? A moil. <laughs> there you go. We got a, we got a Bad special. joke. <laughs> we got a special two for the price of one. That was. That I was a, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 I was yep. like, oh shit. <clears throat> That's that the rabbi the that you definitely give a tip to. Hmm. Exactly. <sighs> so those were my lies, and that was my episode. Oh, I did also lie about the Yoni. I forgot I skipped that part. I was like, yeah, hold on. That Um, was three. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. So you guys got the Yoni history. You got the 69 history. We got the Yoni. Yeah, we do. Uh, Yeah. You got that fountain going. Spalouche. No. Yeah, it's like a Gallagher concert in here. Ugh. Yeah, cover up with a raincoat. Ugh. I'm disgusting myself. Oh, no. Sham wow. Shamu just grabbed the person and dragged them to the bottom of the tank. The murder. No, just Chuck Testa. <laughs> <laughs> just Chuck Testa. It's the most realistic stuff. mount under the water. Oh, no. Aqueous mount. Chuck Testa pokes his head out of the uh, blowhole and is like, nope, Chuck Testa killed her. Um, terrible. Chuck Testa terrible. with a paring knife. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, he would have to. He would have to know how to eviscerate things because that's part of his business, and the appropriate place to get sawdust. Mm-hmm. And how? <sighs> yeah. Well, thank you, Michael, uh, for what was an absolutely uproarious end to our present format. Uh, uh. What a wonderful way to go out! <laughs> nice, spurting all over everything, just uncontrollably. Uh. Just like the talisman that's right behind me. Uh, R.I.P. Pete. Oof. R.I.P. and Pete's. R.I.P. and pepperonis. <laughs> R.I.P. and pepperonis. R.I.P. and Pete Peronis. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. 
Oh. All right, that's enough. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna kill this dog. <laughs> turn it. Old yeller it right behind the shed. Almost used a John phrase, which is not appropriate on this show. So uh, we're moving on. But in any event, thank you, Michael. It's probably the first time you've heard that after 69. But uh, for all of you playing the home game, we hope you enjoyed this about as much as everyone else who's endured a 69. Generally involved with somebody in this show. But uh, it was a delightful time for me. And that's all that matters. Always, apparently. I'm glad I entertained at least one person. And I didn't scare Courtney away too badly. Uh, you Badly? must not have been paying attention. I guess not. She will never I mean, recover. She's still here. She's still here. And since we're sponsored by BetterHelp, she can utilize the uh, link down below. And uh, never mind. No, I think you're sponsored by Better Hump. But we're gonna figure that one out later on <laughs> if Shamu gets involved. So dead please. inside. <laughs> I'm reading The Walking Dead. That's fun. That's on the big ah, on the door. connections. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you. Okay, well, thank you all for being here. As I said, if you enjoyed this experience, and I can't imagine you did, you can give us a comment. You could like, subscribe, rate, and review, because, of course, we would love to hear from you, as always. Uh, we do have a link in the show notes to all of our relevant socials, so you can go peep us out there. I'm sure all of those will be dying soon as well, as we're just going to wither like a you know, underwatered vine, and eventually it's going to fall off. John's worst nightmare. Oh, no. But we appreciate. The has been revealed. <laughs> the gypsy was right. Oh and, no! Uh, so, in any event, thank you for for you know keeping up with us there. Uh, of course, uh, on YouTube we will have our our occasional nonsense happening over there. Usually disinformed after dark every wonderful Wednesday. New episodes of this podcast winging your way every lovely Monday. If you subscribe, if you haven't, come on, come on, come on. You know you wanna. Respond. Okay. If your name is Kevin. Hit subscribe. <laughs> How many Kevins to listen to this podcast? It's a kid with an ad farm. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think that is finally going <laughs> to skewer this thing. Spit roasted Spit pig. Roast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. For the pirates, <laughs> Pandy Cove over here, Mr. Michael. <laughs> I think we're going to finally bid you a fond farewell, a disgusted at you, if you will. So for the Disinformed Podcast this week, I'm Shane. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And I'm John. And I'm John. <laughs> ah, yeah. I'm John. And Zippity Zoop, we're out of here. <laughs>